What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings and salutations, everyone. It's Rich Wilson. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Live or Just Prospect Podcast. Today is March 1st, about 5.45 in the afternoon. You're probably listening to this a little later because I'm going to be recording a couple podcasts uh, this week for playback next week as I will be down in spring training and will probably not have a chance to record a podcast. When I get back, I'll probably do one just of a recap of what I saw uh, players that I saw. I've got some private meetings though with some people, so I won't. I, maybe I'll be able to share some of that. Uh, talking about some kids that are going to be in the upcoming draft. Talking about some players there, uh, and just some other types of things that uh, maybe non-fantasy related baseball. But most of my time will be spent uh, either on the backfields. Definitely going to at least two spring training games. Those are the tickets that I bought uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays and um, the Toronto Blue Jays. And I'm going to go down to Sarasota and see the Orioles play. Don't know who they're playing against. Maybe the Phillies. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. My wife's a huge Orioles fan. So we're going to go off and do that. Today's uh, podcast is all about the hot prospects well, not hot prospects, the 2023 potential rookie of the years, all of the players that I think have a chance to be rookie of the year or have a chance more likely to be an impact player from a fantasy standpoint, first and foremost. And then we will get into some players that I think are sleepers. They're all rookies that are going to be coming up. So I guess maybe not rookie of the year, but just rookie. So I've got them. We do the American League today. Got the guys that you probably should own, uh, the most likely to produce um, meaningful statistics for your fantasy team. I've got the next one, potential upside guys that will probably get the call sometime during the year or maybe, you know, might get uh, start at the beginning of the year, maybe not full-time players, could be blocked a little bit. And then the third phylum is my true sleepers. Guys that uh, may be flying under the radar a little bit and, uh, you know, some players that you might want to consider. 
no one here is like totally off the radar. There is no Adolis Garcia, who I mentioned a couple of years ago, uh, that no one had heard of, and I brought that to your attention. I don't know if it was in this podcast, because I do this podcast every year or one subsequent. But as I learn more and uh, hear some guys that are having great camps that look great and are just about ready, I will be bringing that to you. In the American League, the obvious first guy that must be owned everywhere is Gunnar Henderson. Uh, shortstop, third base. Where's he start to see? I know there's a lot of talk about him starting that short. I think he'd be better at third base. I think he'd be a plus or plus-plus defender at third base. Shortstop be a fine defender, but I think there's better options with the Baltimore Orioles. But you don't care about that as a fantasy standpoint. You care about what he's going to do offensively, and it's all set up for him to really blow out this year. He looked extremely good in September of last year. He's got power. He's got some speed. He's not a burner by any stretch, but he's got an advanced approach at the plate. And I think that's going to allow him to have a very long and meaningful career. That is Gunnar Henderson. Number two, the most likely guy that I see getting the playing time and being able to impact your fantasy team in the American League is Tristan Cassis, first baseman with the Boston Red Sox. It's a guy that I thought we'd see more of last year. He did get a late uh, season call up. But it looks like he's going to have a chance to start the season with the Red Sox. And I think there's 25-100 type of production. He There was some concern early in his career about swing and miss. And that's long gone. This guy is a got leadership ability. Uh, I think will quickly become very entrenched in that Boston Red Sox lore and be a guy that uh, they can count on for years to come. Tristan Cass has gone a little bit later. And drafts and obviously Gunnar Henderson. Let me see if I can bring that up while I'm talking. And uh, a, a guy that, you know, again, if you wait on first base, he might be a pretty interesting player. Let's see here. Cassis. Oh, this is my team. Ugh. So Rich W. I'm going to go to stats. The NFBC. A lot of people ask, why do we use the NFBC? Um, because we can. I mean, the, it is... Early in the season, it is the it is the site that most people are drafting on. It's become kind of the standard by which ADPs are derived from, and you pay a lot of money, even though maybe people might not consider $150 to play in an NFBC draft and hold, which I participated in every year. It's still $150, a lot of money, uh, and it goes all the way up to, obviously, their main event, which costs $1,500, $1,700. I'm not sure what the price is. I've actually never played that. I, my wife would kill me if I ever uh, spent that much money on a um, on a fantasy league. So uh, so I do small stuff, and I don't have the stress, etc. So anyway, Cassis is going as a 25th first baseman off the board. So if you get called out, you know, and you're trying to say, do I take a, a chance with a Ty France or... Brandon Drury or a Seth Brown or somebody like that, I would just go grab Tristan Cassis. I think the upside is there, and I think he's going. I think he's. I, I think he has a chance to really shine this season. Number three is one of my favorite prospects that we will see pretty much full time this year is Logan O'Hoppy, catcher with the Los Angeles Angels. He's a, a guy in 2021 really turned it up a notch. 2022 even got better. 
and I talked about leadership ability with Tristan Cassis. Logan O'Hoppy has got it in spades. You will see him controlling that pitching staff in Los Angeles. He's just a guy in charge. Uh, also makes great contact. There's power. There's a little bit of speed. It's a 16.5 strikeout rate last year. And look, it's probably not going to be that in the major leagues. But I think enough for a guy to be a good hitter with a chance to have 20-plus home run pop. I think it's all the makings of a top 10 catcher. That's Logan O'Hoppy. And another guy that you can get relatively late. I've gotten him, I think, in both leagues that I have uh, drafted in. And Logan O'Hoppy is... Logan O'Hoppy is going 17th, so he's a high-end second catcher. So that's uh, it's probably appropriate for where he's going and probably what you would think of uh, as a second catcher. Number four is, again, a bit of a wild card here, but I'm going out on a limb. I think it's all set up for this guy, and that is Estuary Ruiz. He's been, dra- he's been traded a bunch of times. He now finds himself on the Oakland Athletics. I think he gets first shot at that center field position. He's a good center fielder, not as good as Christian Pache. But Pache has been given the chance a couple of times and just has not produced. He is a 70, maybe an 80-grade runner. There's going to be tons of stolen bases with the bigger bases, the lack of pitchers being able to throw off, throw to first base. He could steal 40, 50, 60 bags this year if he gets full-time playing time, and I see that. Uh, and he's not void of power. You're not, you're not talking by any stretch of power hitter. But if you tell me he ends the season with eight home runs and, you know, a 260, 270 batting average with a 320 to 331 base percentage and a gob of, of stolen bases, I would not at all be surprised. I think he is, it's all set up for him. Whether he takes it and runs with it, I don't know. Um, the label that I've always put on him and I've heard others put on him is potentially a fourth outfielder, an extra bat. I think he has a chance to be more than that. Hunter Brown comes in at number five, right-handed pitcher with the Houston Astros. Uh, We saw him in the major league. He looked great. Some of the best stuff in the minor leagues, plus Arsenal. He's always had poor control. That got a little bit better as the season progressed last season. I think it's probably going to be up and down a little bit this season, maybe not up and down from the minor leagues to the major leagues. Though, if there's no place for him to pitch, he's probably better off pitching full-time in the minor leagues. I think that uh, he's going to have some great games. I think there's going to be games that he really struggles just because the command isn't fully there yet. The mechanics aren't fully baked yet. So there's some there's some grooming still left to do. But look, a guy, an arm like that just does not grow on trees. And um, he has a chance to be a very, very special pitcher. Is it this year? Probably not. But I think it's going to be good enough to be kind of a 4-10 ERA guy with over a strikeout and then or well over a strikeout and inning and going to win some games because he plays for the Astros. Hunter Brown. Number six is Drew Waters. I had to knock them down a few pegs here because he's probably going to start the season injured. Um, but it's a kid that played for the in the Braves organization for a long time. Intriguing speed and power. Uh, it's a guy that they push awfully hard with the Braves. They probably overpushed them. 
They pushed Michael Harris very hard. He succeeded, but not all guys can do that. It's no disrespect against Drew Waters. He just probably needed more time at each level. And I think Kansas City is a perfect spot for him. I think he's got the chance to get playing time, assuming he comes back healthy. Forgot exactly what the problem was, but uh, I do know that uh, he is going to be missing sometimes. I guess I could look that up, but I am not going to. Number seven is Josh Young. This is one of Tim's favorite guys. I do like the player a lot. I don't think they're exciting fantasy skills, but you know it's it's a kid that can hit. I think there's low 20 kind of home run pop. There's no speed at all. Uh, but most importantly, I think he is going to hit. And again, another guy that if you if you are in at third base, let's see where he is going at third base. You know, if you get caught out a little bit on third base, he's going 18th. Would you rather have him or Ryan McMahon? I'd rather have uh, Josh Young. He's going one slot in front of Jordan Walker. That's a very interesting one. Jordan Walker, we'll get to him in the National League, but there's no guarantee when he is going to be up. I think Josh Young will definitely be up to start the season, unless he is hurt, and that's been the case both of the previous two years. Let's just see where uh, Drew Waters is going. He's going as the 552nd outfielder off the board. So to me, that is one of my sleeper picks, I guess, just because how lady is going. Let's click on his name and see if it comes up and tells me what the problem. Oh, out six weeks with an oblique strain. That was February 21st. So it's been, oh, oh it's been a week. So... Yeah, he is not going to start the season on the major league roster. So you're talking maybe the latter part of April he gets a chance to come up, which is really, really disappointing because that might give Christian Pache a chance to uh, establish himself. Don't think so, but there's always that possibility. Still a good player. Uh, Pache, it just it just hasn't come together. It just has not been able to hit. Number eight is Oscar Colas. Uh, C-O-L-A-S, outfielder with the White Sox. There's been talk about him breaking camp with the team. Uh, Big, strong kid. Looks a lot like Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Plus raw power. I think there's a chance to hit 20-plus home runs. He made a lot better contact last year than, uh, than I thought he was going to, so he's getting very, very close. And again, let's see where he is going. Another guy that you can get very late. Uh, he is going as a 389th. Um, ADP of 389, 85th outfielder off the board. So he's going as, let's see if you got five outfielders and 15 teams. So he's going as a first reserve or number five outfielder. I think that's a strong pick. Um, number nine comes in at Ken Waldachuk, uh, left-handed pitcher with the Oakland Athletics, former Yankee hand. I saw this guy pitch a lot. Look, I, I see him as a solid number four pitcher. He might be a number three pitcher pitching in Oakland. Um, he doesn't have kind of the great overall arsenal, um, but no one's able, able, been able to really figure him out in the minor leagues. And I think he could have some strong early success. It's a great kind of a slurvy pitch to go along with a pretty good fastball. And I saw him break off a couple of really great change-ups too. So it, it's it's a nice three-pitch arsenal um, but I mean, doesn't have he doesn't have like elite command. He doesn't have like the true ninety-six mile an hour fastball. So that's why I see him more as a number four, number three kind of starter. 
but he's going to get a chance to pitch in Oakland and might be their best starting pitcher along with number 10, and that's Kyle Mueller also uh, got traded, remember, very late last year. could have been at the winter meetings. I can't remember exactly when he got traded. He's still trying to put things together, but again, a big kid, uh, a plus arsenal. I think he has a chance to be a little bit more of a pitcher than Ken Waldichuk, but I think for this year, I like Waldichuk a little bit more just because I think he's more of a complete pitcher, a little bit more experience than Kyle Mueller. Those are my 10 of guys that I think should be considered being owned and all leaving the draft. Let's now get into the next uh, spot. Let me take a break and come back. And I got these guys listed as potential upside. And there are, I think, eight of them. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In this group of player players, something's going to have to break for these guys to really get a chance. Uh, and the first guy is Curtis Mead. I love Curtis Mead. He can really hit. If you like the skill set of Juan DeFranco, you're going to like Curtis Mead a lot. It's very, very similar. It's a plus hit tool. It's a plus approach. I guess approach and contact kind of make up the hit tool. But it's a plus approach, which makes it a plus hit tool. I think there's 20 home run power, a little bit of speed, uh, you know, Juan Franco's not seeing a lot of bases either. Juan Franco's got some speed, but it doesn't look like he's going to steal a lot of bases. So I would think that Curtis Mead would not. He obviously needs to get a chance to play. I think that he is the next guy that we see come up after Randy Arozarena and Wanda Franco and be a mainstay in that lineup. I think he is that good. Does it happen this season? I really do. I really believe it does. But I think he spends the first half of the season at AAA unless they cut some kind of deal with him, you know, sign him to, you know, an eight-year, $75 million kind of contract. I don't know. What his personal situation is, you know, some guys sign it because they need the money. Other guys sign it because they're afraid they're not that good. See uh, Singleton back in the day. Uh, but Curtis Mead, I think, is a kid that's got tons and tons of upside. 
Number two is Grayson Rodriguez with the Baltimore Orioles. He, he's come up on the list as I've been talking with some people that have that are privy to uh, what's going on in Baltimore. As you notice, in those top guys, well, Waldachek and Mueller uh, were two. They were number nine and ten, but the only other pitcher was Hunter Brown that was ranked high. I, in general, do not really like to roster rookie pitchers. There's high volatility. Um, for every Spencer, Spencer Strider there is, there's 20 guys that just come up and, and don't help you at all from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, I know you could say the same thing about positional players, but I think with pitching, the volatility is so much more that I have a tendency just to hold off on that. But I'm beginning to believe that Grayson Rodriguez might be a kid to own. The Baltimore Orioles believe he is ready. There is a chance that he breaks camp with the team. And if he does, then he is definitely a kid to be owned. He has all the tools to pitch at the top of the rotation. The only thing that's continuing to bother me, and I've been told don't let this bother you, but I still do, is I he just has not pitched deep into games very often. Why is that? So we need to we need to see him get to the sixth and seventh inning a lot when uh when he's is actually pitching for Baltimore. I actually think Baltimore has a chance to make some noise this season. So, you know, with Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman, you got the core of two positional players that Gunnar's going to be there six years and Rutschman's going to be there seven years. Um, so, which is pretty interesting, even though Adley Rutschman came up a year early, he's got an extra year of, of because uh, they they kept him down for those first two weeks because he was hurt. So anyway, that that's neither here nor there. So um, so I think you're going to see those that core there for over the next six years, and they got Joey Ortiz as possible uh, breaking camp as well. So I think the Orioles are starting to set up that core of the team, and I don't know if uh, if um, uh, Cedric Mullen is going to be part of that core. I I, I worry that he's going to be. A platoon guy. Sorry. Continue to worry about that. Anyway, Grayson Rodriguez has... It's all sitting there. This, I love the setup now with Grayson Rodriguez. Number three is Tanner Beebe. Um, I, Tanner Beebe is a kid that really blew up last year with the Cleveland Guardians. Look, he's a guardian. He should be probably rostered in all dynasty leagues at this juncture. Absolutely all dynasty leagues in all formats. And you should be once we get started in the season and BB's pitching well in triple a is a guy that you might want to add to your team. Uh, this is one of the guys they think that's going to come up and have a chance to pitch well from the start. Why? And you're going to get to um, the next guy as well. That's because he's got great control and that's the difference between him and some like Hunter Brown. There's some concern about his control, but it looks like particularly with Lance McCullers yeah, out for a good part of the season. I, I shouldn't have said that. He's at least going to start the season on the IL. There's no telling when he's going to come back. But I guess from history, he says he's going to miss a good part of the season. Uh, Hunter Brown doesn't have the great control. Tanner Beebe does. Taj Bradley does, who is the number four guy. Tampa Bay Rays. And look, the Rays are good at this. They bring up guys and they pitch well. They get hurt a lot. Uh, but Taj Bradley, very athletic, plus arsenal, plus control. Does he have the the one great pitch um, 
No, neither does Tanner Beebe, really. Uh, but he has such great control that everything's going to play up. And, of course, he's with the Cleveland Guardians, so you roster all those guys. Those are the number top four guys. Number five comes in at Bo Naylor, I think. If you've listened to at least five of these podcasts, you've probably three of these podcasts, you've heard me lament to go on and on about Bo Naylor. I'm a huge fan Speed is real. On-base skills are real. I think this guy's going to be a player. Does he start the season with Cleveland? Probably not. But I think by May, June, we see this guy, and I think he's going to come up and just just secure that position. He's a good defender behind the plate, not a great defender. But I think he's good enough to be you know, the number one catcher by the end of the year. And there's really nobody blocking him in Cleveland. At least, I mean, I don't think so. I have to go and take a look at that. Let me let me pause real quick. Yeah, I actually couldn't go directly to roster resource. It said it wasn't a valid URL. Did they just change it? Now you got to go through Fangraphs. Anyway, uh, Mike Zunino. Yeah, I don't think he's going to hold him back. Hitting 197 last year, 267 on base percentage. And then Cam Gallagher, don't think he's going to hold down young Bo Naylor. So um, I think it's all it's all set up for him. And that's why I think, you know, you need to be obviously in a draft and hold, you need to own him. Do you roster him on a typical seven-man bench? Absolutely not. Do you roster him? Uh, do you take him as your second catcher and then and – then, you know, draft a Mike Zunino or somebody like that. I mean, you can do that, but then you're going to have to carry a catcher as one of your reserve spots, and I just don't know. I, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's your call. It's a tough way to play it. Number six is Royce Lewis. Uh, boy, it, it's a guy that, I mean, poor uh, Gavin Lux, same thing happened. Royce Lewis blew out his ACL. I think it was in 2021 and 22. I know last year he blew out his ACL, but I think he blew it out in 2021 or was it 19? I don't quite remember. It might have been 19 he did it. I, I just can't remember. Um, but I, I think he has a chance to play. We saw what he did last year when he came up for you know three or four weeks. He looked really good. There's definitely speed there. Is that speed going to diminish because of blowing out his ACL twice? I don't know. I would think there's a chance, you know, intellectually speaking, I would think, yeah, the, all down there with the knees, you need the knees to do cuts and and slides and so forth. So you would think that'd be problematic. But, and obviously he's blocked with Carlos Correa, but I don't think he's, he's once he's healthy and ready to go by midseason, after he gets ramped up, I don't think they keep him down. And I think he comes up, and that is Royce Lewis. Number seven and eight are the two Yankee shortstops, and I just don't know what to do here. I got Oswald Peraza ahead of Anthony Volpe, who comes in at number eight. Oswald Peraza's been on record saying he wants that shortstop job and is going to do everything he can to earn it. You love to hear that from a young kid. I've seen him play so much. I've seen Volpe play at Thon. Peraza's the better defender. I think it's a chance he goes 20-20. There's speed. There's power. I think it's a chance to be a really good player. Does it ever come together for him um, in New York? I just don't know. I don't think you can say yes because, I mean, I mean I'm not sure the Yankees are going to be patient. 
The Yankees will definitely be pa- patient with Anthony Volpe because he's Anthony Volpe. But to me, what you would love to see by midseason is Oswald Peraza as your shortstop and maybe even Peraza starting the season as the Yankee shortstop out of the gate and uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falafa being the the uh, the utility guy. And when Volpe is ready, bringing Volpe up and throwing him at third or moving um, what's-his-face from second base and moving him to third. Yeah, him. Uh, and... I would love to see Volpe at second and Peraza at short long term. And look, I just don't think that Josh Donaldson, that's just, I can't believe that's going to work. He's not going to stay healthy. He hasn't stayed healthy for years. And that could be when Volpe gets the call. I bet you you see him playing a lot of third base out in Scranton and AAA uh, to start the season because that might be the spot they play him at. So I just don't think he's going to be kept down. And that's why I think, I mean, look, it's a bit of a risk to take him in a 12-team mix with five or six, seven bench slots. You don't want to do that. But, boy, you want to be monitoring his progress and uh, jumping on him. As soon as, you know, if he starts off the season well, you know, you might want to be adding him him to your team come May because I think it's not going to be much longer before we see him. And I'm just hoping Peraza starts the season as the Yankee shortstop, but I just don't know. Uh, Volpe is the better player, um, but Peraza's really good. Wait till you see him play a lot. Uh, I mean, I've seen him play so much. I know he's up a little bit in in September, but he was sporadic when he was playing. Uh, He's just a really good player. Very smooth at short. I think can be every bit as good as uh, Pena and, and for the Astros and from a def- defense standpoint. I think he's got way more upside uh, than Pena as well. I think there's as much power as Pena has, but I think he's more athletic, so there's more speed there. That's Oswald Peraza. Just hope he gets a chance. Let's take a break, get back, and I'll do my sleepers. is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We've gone through the must-adds. I think that's what I uh, labeled them. Guys that you might want to consider coming out of the draft with. Uh, Guys that, uh, the next slot, eight of these players we just did that are, I call them potential upside. You might want to consider drafting them, but more likely you want to be a hair trigger on guys to add. So those are 18 players. And then I've got five sleepers. First one is Joey Ortiz, shortstop with the Baltimore Orioles. I think there is there's even odds for him to break camp with the Orioles. If he just hits a little bit, he is the best defender on the Orioles. And yes, that includes uh, Mateo, who's a, a very good defender. Joey Ortiz can really pick it at short. And he, look, he is. Uh, it got off to got out of the gate slow. 
2022, I think in the first two months, he was hitting right around the Mendoza line. But then he really got going in the second half and, uh, you know, hit well over 300, 350. I think there was a six, 600 uh, slug at the um, second half of the season. And he spent the last month in AAA and looked great. So there's not a ton of speed there, but if I think he's going to hit. So if you tell me he's a, like a 270, 280 hitter, once he gets going with a 340 on-base percentage, scoring a lot of runs with 15 to 20 home runs and 5 to 8 stolen bases, I think that's the kind of player he can be. It's a pretty good player, kind of a middle infielder type of guy. But, you know... That's going to give you more. That's going to give the Orioles more than Jorge Mateo. Now you might say, but, but Rich, look at Jorge Mateo can steal forty bases, particularly the bases closer together. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, Jorge Mateo's on base percentage is like two eighty, and from a baseball standpoint, that's just not good enough. Player, Major League Baseball teams don't care about stolen bases for fantasy teams. They want guys to get on base, and particularly when you're a metric-based organization like the Orioles, that matters greatly. Joey Ortiz is one of my sleepers. Number two is Dustin Harris. If you've listened to Tim and I go on and on about stuff, you know I love Dustin Harris. Uh, he is an outfielder with the Texas Rangers. Big-time raw power. He's got enough foot speed, I think, to also get 8 to 10 stolen bases, maybe a little bit more. Uh, 2021, he started to show some speed, excuse me, show some power. Uh, and then last year, he kind of continued on with that. He's only in double A. We could see him in the second half. But if you've taken a look at the outfield for the Texas Rangers, let me see if I can go over and look at it. Uh, we know we got my buddy Odolis Garcia sitting in center field. But uh, who who do we have flanking him? Uh, let's see here. Right, uh, let's see. I got to get get a Dolly's Garcia in right field. Left field, Robbie Grossman. Yep. Uh, and center field is Leody Tavares. I love Leody Tavares, but he's a great great defender. I don't know if he's a full time regular. Like he might be a fourth outfielder. Uh, and then you've got Josh H. Smith and Clint Frazier, according to <laughs> according to roster resource. Good old Clint Frazier. He's a non-roster invitee. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot that's blocking Dustin Harris if he gets off to a good start. Number three is George Villar with the Cleveland Guardians. I love George Villar. I think there is tremendous uh, fantasy upside with this guy. He's got a lot of swag as well. Got dinged up already in spring chain. I'm not exactly sure, can't recall exactly what he did, but it looks like he's about ready to get back into games. There's tons of athleticism. He's blocked everywhere. The Guardians have a really good team. But to me, he has the most upside in the Cleveland organization outside of uh, Jose Ramirez. And I, you could see in two or three years, George Valara and, and Jose Ramirez kind of anchoring that team, that perennial playoff team again, and a, a team that has a chance to really go far into the playoffs. I think George Lara is that good. I know people are getting sick of him because he was drafted. He was 16. It was over a million-dollar signing bonus back four, five, six years ago when he was signed. It was a ton of money, um, and people are tired of hearing about him. Just wait till you get a chance to see him play. He's He's got really interesting, very interesting fantasy skills. Number four is uh, Brian Rocio with the Cleveland Guardians. 
another guy that has a chance to is a plus defender, good speed. Uh, I think a guy that can play. He's blocked everywhere. Uh, I don't know how he gets a chance to play, but you can't keep these guys down forever. Injuries happen, but Andre Zimenez is a pretty good little player. Uh, the shortstop, you know, I mean, Ahmed Rosario, yeah, nice player. I don't know how Rocio gets into it, but if he hits, they're going to find a spot for him. My last guy is Bryce Miller with the Seattle Mariners right-handed pitcher. Made it to double-A, great arm, could come up as a reliever, but I love to see him start, and I think uh, the kind of arm he has, it just doesn't come around that often. So he's been one of my sleepers I've been talking about most of the winters. A guy that in a draft and hold league can get him in the 50th round. I think that's where I draft him in the 50th round. I'm not exactly sure, but it was definitely very, very late, and it was very um, uh, deliberate in terms of me drafting him. I didn't go, oh, no, who can I get? I definitely deliver. Remember last year, my 50th pick was Bubba Thompson. So got a couple of stolen bases from him. So could I get a couple of strikeouts from Bryce Miller? I think so. Look, those are my 18, 23 guys. That's a lot of players to talk about. There's not quite as many in the National League. Let's see, the National League, I've got Six must own, potential upside. I've got nine, so that's 15, and three sleepers. That's how many I have now, so that's 18. So a few more in the American League. Look, is are there more guys? Absolutely. Um, could one of those guys become the rookie of the year? Could he make uh, give you a championship? There's a possibility that there's somebody that I haven't brought up. Is it probable? I don't think so. The Spencer Striders always happen. You know, every year there's somebody that kind of comes up out of nowhere. They're all at Prospect 361. I doubt uh, that there's a guy, even though I don't think I wrote up Joey Ortiz, he was the, the one guy after that. And when I put out the Baltimore Orioles list, even though it was like 17 or 18 deep, I, I really heard it that uh, I missed on Joey Ortiz, and I think I did, so I've tried to make amends of that. But everybody else is out there in terms of the details about them. I encourage you throughout the season to listen to our Hot Prospect of the Week. Even though you might not be a Dynasty League player, it's just to to become acquainted with these players because I will talk about guys, particularly early in the season, that are having good spring trainings and that I'm hearing might get a chance to break camp. Again, camp is still too... uh, too early to really be able to do that. So I'll be starting my hot prospect of the week probably in a couple of weeks and talking about, again, more players that I think have a chance to do damage either in the minor leagues or in the major leagues. Uh, but there is a chance that of the 23 guys that just went with, the player that's going to help you win a championship and it's in the minor leagues now, I didn't talk about. There's always that chance. I think these are the guys that are the most probable to help you. Uh, again, we could go on. I mean, I could uh, make the podcast two hours talking about Pedro Leon. Pedro Leon could come up with the Houston Astros, steal a ton of bases, and hit with some power. I think he's a fourth outfielder. Uh, I saw him play two years ago and was horrified with what I saw. Uh, I know he was signed for $4 million at the Houston Astros. I just don't think he's that good. So I've really... Um, 
rolled back my expectation. I think I have him in at least one, maybe two dynasty leagues, and I could have traded him two years ago and gotten something for him, and I probably should have. Well, I should have in hindsight, but uh, could he come up and do something? Sure. Uh, there, there's no question he could He could come up and do something. I, I don't see how he gets a chance. He's kind of blocked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, could – uh, well, we'll talk about you know, some guys in the National League. This kind of came to oh, Ricky Teeterman is one. I think John Dean tweeted out they like Teeterman better than Kyle Harrison. I, Teeterman's great. Uh, I got him at 47. I got uh, Kyle Harrison at 41. Teeterman's probably a little ahead of Harrison at this juncture. Could he come up and really do uh, do some interesting things for the um, – uh, Toronto Blue Jays, absolutely. I just don't see it. I, I don't think it's probable at this point. And again, we could have gone, kind of gone through all of those guys on and on. I just decided to, to lop it off here. Hope that helps you guys. Um, I hope that gives you some names to think about as you're entering your drafts. And let me just leave you with this. Let me look back. And if there's one guy that I think you should draft... Well, everybody's going to draft, draft Gunnar Henderson, uh, Tristan Cassis, and Logan O'Hoppy. Get Estuary Ruiz. You can get him. Let's see where he's going. Um, get over here. Yeah, site couldn't be found when I tried to go to roster resource. It's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, he's an outfielder, Ruiz. Estuary Ruiz. Oh, no. Estuary Ruiz is going as the 66 uh, outfielder off the board. So he is no longer a deep sleeper anymore. So you got to get him as your fourth or fifth outfielder. Uh, I would definitely do that. Let's see if he's moved up a little bit. Let me do drafts in the last month uh, and see where he is going. Esther, now still going at 66. So he hasn't really moved up much over the last month. So he's, he's been going in the same spot. But I think he's a guy that you might be able to get just because people haven't heard of him. Maybe you're playing with maybe less experienced players. I just think the fantasy upside is tremendous. And particularly if you got him as your fourth or fifth outfielder, if it doesn't work out, there's going to be somebody else you're going to be able to pick up, right? Whether it's second week after the season starts or, you know, people are going to get hurt. The guys are going to get called up. I think he's a guy to take a gamble on. And then as a little bit deeper, <clears throat> so I think it's, well, I love Bo Naylor. It might be Tanner Beebe, might be the guy that I'm really going to keep an eye on this year. I think it's a chance to really sneak in there. And then as my sleepers, uh, I, I mean, I, I think it's Joey Ortiz. He's my sleeper. Uh, this season in the American League, I, particularly if he gets the call out of the shoot, is he does he have a chance to be rookie of the year? No, the the tools aren't that loud, but could he be a really effective middle infielder that you get first second week of the year off the waiver wire? One hundred percent, yes, and that's where I think he plays at. So, and those are the kind of guys. All of a sudden, you trade in, <laughs> I don't know, a, a low end. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of maybe uh let's see let's go to uh let's go back to the nfbc let's type in middle infielder and let's say you waited on middle infield and you got somebody around 25 or 30 let's say you got uh well there's some pretty good middle infielders down there uh yeah thario Estrada, von grissom jonathan india yeah, there's some pretty good pretty good guys well, actually, that's not true. It's going to be more 
near right because you got shortstop, second base. So it's really 45. You're playing in a 15-team league. So let's say, let's say C.J. Abrams, Jean Segura, D.J. LeMahieu, Luis Urias. Let's say you get one of those guys, um, and all of a sudden, or, or you get Jorge Mateo, and you draft it early, and he realized that he is your he is your um, utility guy. I think Joey Ortiz could be a really nice, interesting play in there. Even though Colton Wong's going 48th, probably rather have him. Hassan Kent's going. Actually, middle infield, it's pretty deep. Anyway, that's what I think. I think Joey Ortiz will be fantasy relevant this season. But in looking at middle infield, looks like it's pretty deep. So uh, there you go. Talking myself out of that now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, hope this helps. Uh, I'll be back in a couple of days to record the National League. Be well.